Hey guys, I just wanted to get this out up front. I've been having some trouble hearing because an, a penis exploded very close to me, like very close to uh, my face. It was very loud, but I can hear it for Fourth the Fourth of July, Fourth of July celebration. Miss, they out. keep blowing up those penises right outside of my house, man. I keep calling the cops, but I also keep calling the boys on. Let's hear it for the boys. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Gen V episode four, The Whole Truth. If you haven't watched it on Prime Video, go watch it. We're going to spoil it. But (laughs) brief bit of recap here. So um, we, Emma and Sam, have escaped from the woods at the beginning of this episode. We get a lot more bonding with them over the course of the episode to find out a lot more about Sam. So they hang out in an old abandoned arcade shades of Five Nights at Freddy's. Going on there. What a place ah. to bond. Uh, shout out to they're the movie. At, it's a drive in movie theater, though, I believe. Oh, is it? Alex. But they, oh, okay. they're in the arcade portion of it. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Like, I don't know what the reference, I feel like you just nailed it with the reference, though. Yeah. Uh, so we got that plot line going on. Meanwhile, Marie, Jordan, Kate, and Andre are dealing with the arrival of Tech Knight on campus. This is a heavily anticipated character. We got him in a very different way than he showed up in the comic books. But here on the show, he is a detective. He's hosting a Vought Plus show called The Whole Truth, per the title of the episode. And he's really pushing everybody in this episode, particularly Dean Shetty, who he ultimately wants to pin the death of Golden Boy on, but she pushes back on him by revealing one of his big secrets, two of his big secrets, actually. And by the end of the episode, everybody, they've all teamed up. We've got a little uh, team of teen superheroes going on here. Team! Going after Sam, trying to stop him from killing the doctor and who experimented on him and is working for Dean Shetty. And then a weird little blackout moment and Jordan... And Marie wake up in bed together because oh. they had a little smoochy-roo going on in this episode. Yeah. So lots of couple stuff going down. Lots of big events going down in this episode. Pete, I want to turn to you on our couple beat first. We, we, <laughs> we started to go into the episode last episode and then immediately went into ships and stuff. So mm-hmm. I figured, uh, why don't we start off there? We got much check, more A salmon. ship check? We're doing a ship check? Yeah, we're doing hey, a ship, ship shape? Yeah. Ship shape. <laughs> Pete. You were already hmm. shipping Sam and Emma. You got a lot more of them this episode. We've also got a new ship in Jordan Marie. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. Enemies to lovers swerve going on here. How are yeah. you feeling, man? You okay? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling like uh, the ship's never been stronger. It's a great time to be alive. I think it's one of those things where <laughs> Emma, uh, Emma, the more time we get with her, the greater she becomes. She is literally the, the greater in size she becomes. Now, uh, yeah. here's the real question. Who do you ship? Tiny Emma and Sam or big Emma, Emma and Sam? Uh, I think any size Emma wants to be and Sam. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Very inclusive. I like that, Pete. Good hey, answer. Man. What also, about? Oh, yeah. How are you feeling about Jordan and Marie, though? Yeah, I, I, I am excited about it, but I'm a little worried because Marie woke up the same way she did after uh, that sleazy piece of shit. Rufus. Was, yeah, where she kind of like came to and he was naked. And Bomb yeah, ex- explode some dicks if you got to. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. And explode I feel him like, if you got him. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I, I just think that just because you have one doesn't mean you should explode it. I just think mm-hmm. it's one of those things where 
uh, the, that they played with the cut of that, which I think was very uh, intriguing and cool, but made uh, me. Oh, they played with the Jordan Reed thing, not they played with the exploding dick, is what you're saying. No, I yes, bet they I mean, did they, that on technically, set. I bet they, they played it. They played it like a fine violin, you could say. <laughs> yes. Just a quick note on uh, this uh, co- little context for watching this episode. I watched this episode on an airplane. Yeah, uh, don't watch this in public. Do not Big watch this around mistake. other people. Yeah. Awkward mistake. I did would you say have? This did you have anybody checking out your screen? Did you do like the hiding the screen thing? Yeah, like did, the you, cup hands? Like, did you cup hands? It was like, horrible. It I'm a perv. Keep it moving. I, <laughs> I accidentally synced up to the um, the whole plane's audio, so <laughs> oh, wow. everybody. I put. Gave a big apology to the entire plane. Yeah, you stood up and it was like, that was the pilot. The pilot's dick exploded. Don't worry about it. (laughs) He's fine. It's fine. It's not the plane. It's his penis. It's fine. Then the pilot got on and said, coincidentally, my dick also exploded unrelated to this guy watching (laughs) Unrelated. Oh, man. I was about to make a very important taste joke, which is... Uh, I knew. I saw it on your face. Your eyes flashed. I'm happy you did. did. My head was like, nope, don't say it. I let, let's jump over to that since we've dealt with the ships and I'm sure we'll come back to them because there's a lot more to talk about with both of those plot lines. But mm-hmm. I did want to ask you about this exploding penis thing. So the plot line here is Marie is trying to get information on where Emma has gone right, because the right. whole gang knows she's been lost in the woods. Um, right, right. She gets out. They see a big crater there clearly from Sam jumping. We get to see he he's a big jumper. In this episode, but they don't know where she's gone. They don't know what's happened to him. So she approaches Rufus, who has mental powers. He's the blonde dick who had the MAGA hat, who was told to hit himself in the nuts and yell Jumanji every hour in the hour by Kate. And he tells Marie, you got to come closer, sit by me. And then she has a little blackout. And when she comes to, she's in his room. His robe is open. She uses her blood powers to make his dick explode. And then Jordan comes in and they have a very funny exchange where Jordan's like, oh, it's a total team up. I helped a lot. And Bree's like, you didn't help. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Well, besides that being such a big move and her getting out of there, it's a new iteration of her powers, right? Mm -hmm. Something that maybe is going to make her way more powerful than she currently is. Well, what I love about that. And this actually is not at all what I wanted to say about the penis exploding thing. But what I love about that is she's got these blood powers, which everybody keeps pointing out are gross. And they are, Mm -hmm. in fact, gross and they're harmful. And she's cutting her palms in order to get blood out. And presumably she only has a certain amount of blood. So there's a limit to her powers in terms of what she can do with them. But what we are finding in every episode is her assertion that, hey, I'm a hero and I can be the biggest hero. I can be part of the seven. First, she was able to bring that woman back. She was able to resuscitate her, resuscitate yeah. her in the first episode. Now she is able to make the dick explode, which is a very different, um, aggressive. Niche. Yeah, it's very, very niche. niche. But, you know, a lot of people have dicks, so you can make a lot of dicks. Uh, yeah. My point being, half, about half. My point being, like 100% you're saying, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Should we check? Actually, like let's double check. Everybody, stay, check. let's get the cameras up. Yeah. Uh, just a quick correction: it's a tag team cock explosion, is what mm, they yes, what absolutely. They I guess my point here is that to your point, we're getting a lot of different iterations of how her power can work, and I love how they're building her out. So it shows us, the viewer. Wait a second, her powers aren't as limited as. Just making yeah. blood balls and throwing them at things, which is great. Think about it to ask you guys. I think mm. this was the most viscerally gross 
thing they have done on both Gen V and the boys, inclusive what? of like the whale and crawling in the dick hole. At the Come on, of season the three dick hole? No way, man. Do you do you not think so? Do you clearly you disagree, Pete? Yeah, I felt like. I mean, this this episode was like, oh yeah, this is a spinoff of the boys for sure. This really feels like yeah. it. Um, uh, also, you know, she it's not just blood balls. You know what I mean? Like she can, uh, you know, do different blood ropes. You know, She's we like saw there's blood a lot Spider-Man. of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different options. I want to limit her uh, with with what you said, but I I do um, I do think uh, you know there is more to it. Uh, I agree to answer your question, Alex. I agree that this one was maybe one of the best executed sort of gross out moments because it was a point of like intense drama crisis. And then we were caught off guard by what it was. Then the anticipation, you're like, that's not going to. And then it does. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about the explosion of uh, black explosion. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the other one, other things you mentioned, the whale, uh, the running around inside the penis, all that, that are more punchlines and they're more mm-hmm. just like spectacle. This was like a punctuation mark at the end of a like dramatic sort of scary moment. So I thought it worked really well and it was the most visceral. I thought. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really interesting about it, just in terms of like a TV level of things is they keep figuring out how to push the envelope here. You know, there's nothing particularly wrong with seeing penises on TV. That was a big part of the discussion, not to take this too tangential, but part of, say, Game of Thrones, where they would have the sex position walls where they have a bunch of nude women and the men were never nude and people were very frustrated about, like, we don't need to see this nudity, but if you're going to do it, at least make it even in terms of gender. And on the boys... They've really pushed the full frontal male nudity in particular um, to the point that, like we're talking about, there was the dude that crawled inside the B-Hall at the beginning of season three. I think it was in the season three premiere, if I recall correctly. So they did that. And then here in the premiere, we had Emma getting tiny and riding the guy's dick, which, again, you had an erect penis on television. Even if it's clearly a fake one, you're showing that. And then here they push the envelope. You thought Pete's giving me a look. You think it was a real one, Pete? Yeah, you I think, think that, that actor was, got erect and then she was tiny and she crawled on it. Yeah, I think it was a <laughs> Great. huge. Let's uh, check the BTS. Let's check the behind oh, the scenes. Oh, he's huge. Yeah. She was regular size. He got he, huge. It's exactly wow. right. So yeah. there's some sort of Titan style giant walking around with an erection around our mm-hmm. earth getting cast on private video shows. Who's dying yeah. to do some uncredited television work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like I say, explode them like we got them. And then in this one, obviously, we get to see a, a dick explode. Like you see the full frontal, you see the dick explode. So just in terms of like explode, dick explosion, cock explosion, excuse me, Pete, the what they are pushing the envelope of what you can show on TV. I think it's still a punchline in a certain way, but. Like we're talking about, it's a very visceral one. It does. I, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing, but it's an interesting thing. In well, I just think that wise. this, you know, I mean, the boys started with, you know, a superhero running through somebody's girlfriend. You know what I mean? And then we had a guy who the only way you could kind of beat him was by expl- shoving something into his ass and then exploding him. So, I mean... This is just varying degrees of different gross things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I, this was the one where I was like, gra- clutched my pearls and was like, well, oh, I, I, I don't think never. it's too far. I'm okay with it. I'm not like yeah. cancel the show or anything like that. 
it, it's just, I guess I watch that and I think about my own penis exploding and I don't like that thought. Well, well I guess that's how don't television take advantage of the first time I saw myself on TV. Was that yeah. Oh my God. All our, I know. I wondered why you were so, so weep, so much weeping was happening when you first got on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't think that's, really it. Affect you. that's it with the episode, right? Nothing else oh, really to talk stop. about. <laughs> okay. Well, why don't we walk through it? Because there is a lot of stuff that go down, goes down, yes. starting with the scene of Shetty and the doctor checking out the woods. Um, there's this two very fun running jokes that happen in the scene. One, we get a skull fucking joke throughout the episode, which a pays running off. skull fucking joke. Which really great. Honestly, like that's some great. I thought I was like, oh, that's. Uh, sort of a fucked up thing that I was like, oh, wow, really came round. <laughs> that callback side. really solidified everything. Yes, to have it, it work twice is mm-hmm. very strange in a one episode of television. And I got it. Were you about to shout out the Bob? This is Greg. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I love that as a joke. It's such a funny, weird, like writerly thing to do to keep doing something and repeating it for comedy. Later, small Easter egg. Sam is wearing uh, a uniform. Greg. Oh, oh, come on. Well, it's also just to talk about the comedic structure of it for a second, like you're pointing out, the fact that they're not doing rule of threes, but they do set up something at the beginning of the episode and then pay it off at the end of the episode. It's just like classic setup punchline. And then the Bob Gregg thing, what did it even start in this episode? Like it was one off joke in the previous episode or even two episodes back. It was two episodes back. An end of the, or it was the, a middle episode and an end of episode callback, then a callback in last week's episode at the beginning, and then this again here. Great. Uh, his, him being dead is great. Love that. Really smart writing there. Uh, and also, I like what they're doing with Shetty in this season so far, slowly building her up seemingly like we talked about the last episode, is the villain of the show. She finds Emma's tiny shoe, so she's onto Emma and the fact oh, that she was there. Her. Uh, it was great. Uh, but then we get the whole team together. And this is something we were talking about a little bit that I was curious to get your guys' thought on. Um, there's a great line. I think it's from Kate, who's like, oh, what are you going to do? Get a get a dog and a green van and fucking yeah. solve it? Says that yeah. to Andre, really pointing yeah, out fun. like the whole Scooby gangification of these types of shows since Buffy the Vampire Slayer was so meta about it. W- what do you guys think about this? We do get to see them sort of acting as a team. How did you feel about this development? in this episode. Well, I get excited about it because I, I like it when we start working together and not fighting, uh, getting over the bullshit and kind of coming together. You mean together. us? You nope. mean the three of us? No, no, I was talking about the show, clearly talking oh, about the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I want them to win. I want them to shut down this evil, really fucked up stuff. Uh, so uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm rooting for them to take down the woods and, uh, you know, eventually maybe go after the seven. Yeah, the fact that we have, like, the gang together so early, I feel like the tendency for something like this is to do it, like, Avengers movie style, where it's a movie and slowly fits and starts, and finally we get this great big glory that's shot the key. of them I'm all together. I'm always angry. Yeah, that's the key. I'm always ex- uh, explosion, cock explosion. <laughs> the, the way that this, that we get them together so early, and now we get to play with those relationships. It's just a better way to do it, especially for television. It's the way you can see like what expertise is going into crafting this show and experience working in TV for so long. Not to keep talking about TV schedules and trends and stuff at all, but I do think there's something interesting what you're saying in terms of they released the first three episodes in one week. And so it actually has been almost four hours until we get this Avengers moment of at the end of the episode when Emma realizes she can 
uh, eat a ton of food and grow huge, you get like the Hulk moment that you were talking about, Pete. That's like uh, another reason garbage plates are awesome. Absolutely. That was a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs, I think, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. With my, grandma Not sauce. Disagree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but regardless, technically we've had like four hours until this happened, which is a fair amount of TV real estate. But in the real world, it's been two weeks. So I think you're right. I think they yeah. paced that out correctly in terms of three-hour chunk, one week, and then you get one-hour chunk. So it does feel like a shorter amount of time until you get the team together. 100%. Um, and I think this team, like the dynamics, the uh, ship shape that he was talking about, the fact that we have sort of two internal uh, relationships happening is really interesting. And it makes me think none of this is going to be uh, permanent, where lots of things are happening all the time here. Is it a whoa, clue whoa, that Sam was wearing? Say, a, I want those ships Sam to was be wearing. A, well, I, bad news. This show, nothing perm. Come on, dude. Come on. Let's Sam was wearing a Greg, a Greg uniform, and Greg was the soldier who died. Is he target? Does he have a target on his back? Sam. Well, Sam's definitely a rogue element. Let's talk about him a little bit because, like we said at the beginning, we get to know a lot more about him in this episode. As we follow him, hanging out with Ebba, he certainly seems to have a couple of screws loose. This was hey. a very uh, complimentary. The, By his own admission. We're, we all go a little bit mad sometimes. Yeah, damn right. The the scene in the arcade slash drive-in theater where he pictures TV's Jason Ritter on a oh Sesame Street God. set so with funny. a puppet the deep. The deep puppet. Which talks from its gills. Talking gills. Talking mm-hmm. gills. Great stuff around. Very black noir from the last season of uh, the boys where he was picturing the cartoons at the Chuck yeah. and Cheese type place. Maybe that's why I thought it was like a Five Nights at Freddy's because mm-hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's uh. is Chuck E. Cheese. It's all kind of the same thing. But what did you think? What did you think about this? What did you think about him kind of like almost being the villain by the end of the episode? Well, I think it's we they got us. They hooked us with Sam and Emma sort of um, like, ooh, they are they have the meat cue. They're flirtatious. It's really nice. So now that Sam is sort of not quite able to get a grip on what's happening to him, I think it, it's such a tension tension builder for this. And like you see him flipping out. He is mo- very Hulk. I mean, mm-hmm. the jumping is a clue there, but he is very much like not, not quite in control. Everyone is like uh, trying to like keep in. I love the way Emma in the, at the end scene is like, guys, wait, I got this. And then yeah. she sort of is handling it from an emotional point of view. And then she uses this power that feels like she sort of, maybe she knew she had it, but she was like, I'm going to try this out in the moment. And it works out really well. So I, I thought this was a nice progression for Sam to get us on board with him. Now very worried about him and sort of just really wanting him to be better for the sake of this relationship they've cultivated. Agreed. hundred percent agreed. I really like how, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, and now this is my boyfriend, Sam, and he kind of escaped from insane asylum type of thing. Maybe we don't know, but he's fine. You know what I mean? Because we had a heart to heart and shared our feelings. So I like the fact that, like, we really got to see the dark side of Sam and now we're like rooting for him to somehow or maybe them help him to kind of keep his uh, shit under control a little bit and not let the kind of voices in his head ruin things. So it's it's a very kind of cool, unique thing 
that that they're handling, I think, kind of well. I liked the complicatedness of these characters and the fact that there there is so much more going on with all of them. Uh, it makes it uh, kind of enjoyable. I do wonder where the Jason Ritter Sesame Street stuff comes from, you know, if we're going to get an explanation yeah. there. I hope it's not another same thing as Black Noir where that was his happy space or same thing as WandaVision where TV was her happy space. I think if anything, we get an indication towards the end of the episode when he starts yelling at the doctors, like, I think he says, like, you treated me as a puppet. You're all puppets. Mm-hmm. You're all puppets. I think it's just maybe a more of a worldview thing, but there does it feels like there needs to be something more there. So you guys well, are it, saying when you get really angry, you, uh, people don't turn into puppets for you. That doesn't actually happen. Hmm. There's no puppet to real life crossover. No. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, now I have Just to worry me. about you more than usual. Okay. Well, well, and I think the way that it's being portrayed, it's almost like maybe uh, this Dr. Uh, Cordosa is, somehow causing this or has Mm -hmm. sort of fractured Sam's mind to try to control him or do something. And I think that'll be a nice angle on the woods in general. Like if they have a sharper mission than some of the other uh, places in the past where it's just like, we want to control these um, kids, experiment on them so we can make more of them. That's a plot. I feel like we've seen a lot, but if there's something more specific, I think that's really interesting. I also love this idea that like, you know, because this show is so meta that there was like a focus group done and the only way the deep can appear or is allowed to appear is as a puppet <laughs> and he gets to voice the puppet. But that's it. Yeah. Well, he also has appeared several other ways at times, but I understand what you're saying. I do have a follow up question, though, about the whole Sam Emma thing. They have a very cute conversation about what if he took off his shirt and he had 50 nipples. I wanted to ask you, how would you feel about that? Into it. But hard yeah. to be hard to run if you have fifty nips. Oh, you, you you specifically having fifty nipples? I guess I was talking if you were dating somebody and they took off their shirt and they had fifty nipples. But Pete, how would you feel if you had fifty nipples? I mean, it's kind of like pepperoni. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it's still okay. You know what I mean? Like if you order a slice and you get like a ton on that slice, it's like mm-hmm. all right. You know, it's more than and- usual, but that's still a, a W. You know what I mean? Ordering a, a pizza with lots of pepperoni is like having a pizza with fifty nips on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think you could play them like a like a harp, like just sort of? Brighter? I don't think nipples you make musical nips when you hit. Yeah, I, I you think musical you, nips, Alex. My wife is a harp. Is that what you're telling me? Oh my <laughs> yes. God. Beautiful. Terrible uh, news. Angelic. I can't believe your we, first thought was you were going to play the nipples. He's an artist. He's a musician. He's crying again. This is just beautiful (laughs) art all the time for Alex. Why don't we move to the other storyline and talk about Tech Night a bit? Because there's, again, some great stuff that goes on here. Justin, in particular, I wanted to get your take on it. There's a lot of acting tricks we get to see in this episode. And as we all know, you are a classically trained actor. Uh, Nice. Uh, How did you you feel about that? Why did you say that like that? It's true. It's factual about Justin. It's factual. It's just not a bit. It's legit. I'm an artist. This is my voice. This is the way my voice goes. Um, well, I wouldn't even go so far. Go, yeah, good. You're uh, doing a warm up. Lion face, uh, really great. <laughs> Lemon the, face. The, a lot of this was very a lot of production uh, tricks on top of just acting, which yeah. I thought was such a funny runner. Like the way they this season they've had Jeff, uh, Courtney, Fortney, and now Tech Knight. 
being just Cor- making fun of the idea of making television is so funny. The, the counting one I himself highlight, in was just so counting funny. Counting himself in, we'll find yeah. it in the edit after yeah, he oh, does the, the... we'll find it in the edit when he storms well, off. Particularly after the line being like, how long have you been eating her whole? Eating, <laughs> whole, eating whole, which I got to say, at the moment I was like, oh, and then I was like, of course, all he thinks about is holes. It makes sense yeah. mm-hmm. that he would use ah, those words. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I wanted to to uh, highlight. I slid a sheet, a sheet I slid, and on the slitted sheet I sit. One of his warm ups. Um, this is a, a deep callback, but I think it's a specific reference they're making. That's a line from The Jerk, the Steve Martin movie from uh, one of the funniest movies of all time. If you've mm-hmm. never seen it out there, and that's a uh, there's a, a scene where he's uh, he's falling in love and. Uh, that's a different movie, but yes, that's very good. There's three oh, that is. Yeah, three runs gone. My bad. Where he he's falling in love and he's like, is, and she's like, is there something you want to tell me? And he goes, I slid upon, I, I slid a sheet of sheet, I slid on the sheet. I've always, I've always had a hard time saying that. Uh, very funny. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but I that's a very arch reference. I was <laughs> I'm here for that. That was great. I love this character overall. Just to give a little bit of backstory on him. So in the comic book, he was actually more of like an Iron Man type character. He didn't actually have. Compound V, he had no powers because of that. It was all because of armor. So he was one of the few characters in the world of the boys who is actually an okay guy. However, the way that they bring it together, uh, and mind you, here he seems a little bit more like Batman meets Daredevil but not blind is kind of how I took mm. it. Yeah. Um, and good. hosting a TV show. Here, though, is the same thing that happened in the comic book is he does have a brain tumor that eventually is going to be fatal and it causes in the book him to just like fuck everything here Mm. in the show. It's specifically attracted to holes at any types of holes. Holes Um, I, I thought this was great and hilarious the way they rolled this out because they have that weird moment when he's confronting Gene Shetty after the class, after he's grilled Marie and gotten the truth out about Marie not actually taking on Golden Boy, but Jordan taking on Golden Boy, where he picks up a bagel and kind of like looks at it and walks away. Oh. What a weird moment. Why did they include well, that in the show? And the, then it it's off. funny. What he did with the, the tape, too. With the like, tape, oh, with his yeah. hand. Uh, I know. Yeah. They, they did a great job of setting it up in such subtle ways. Yeah. The, it's, but it's always tricky when you have a character who has some sort of two character games happening at the same time. And this was like one and then another. Because yeah. when he, he took the bagel, I thought it was a production thing. I thought he was going to say something about like the craft services. Crafty, sucks yeah. or like, but like he's eating someone else's bagel. Strange. But then when, when they add the whole thing on top of it and he just is like both things happening at once. Very funny. Hard to pull yeah. off. The his delivery of the line, which was so gross but so funny, when Shetty calls him into the woods to confront him, and he says, "You think taking me to a secluded area for a blowy, blowy will save you? Well, maybe, maybe, yeah." Way, just that saying blowy, so just gross. So gross. Like they make him so despicable and gross. Yeah. It's very, very good. It's great. It's a great character. It's a great addition to the world of the boys. It's the sort of guy that like. Even if he doesn't show up on Gen-, Gen V again, you absolutely could have him in the background a million times in the boys season four and other places. I'm sure yeah. we'll use him again. And how about yeah. Dean Shetty um, showing off the ultimate superpower, having cameras everywhere? Mm-hmm. She, I thought and we were going to get a reveal that she has some sort of uh, power of some kind. But instead, nope, she's just um, despicable and good with uh, tech. She's Potentially. Like there's kids. definitely – it's a pointed moment when – 
she is, when he's talking to her and he's like, I'm going to pin it on you because you're a human. I think yeah. that's probably what you were picking up on because I have the same thought of, wait, maybe she's not. Maybe she does have some sort of secret power like Victoria Newman from season two where she turned out to be the head exploder. I could well, see a twist but like I, that. I could too, but it, I thought of that, but it feels too similar to that. It yes. feels very much like this same woman in a, a power position who is like coming out trying to control things and is being tagged as very human has a pow- has big time powers feels very matchy. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I'd like I yeah, like please. if she does have powers though that the fact that like it, she doesn't use them. You know what I mean? Like you would have to be. Uh, you know, like the fact that she can take down this guy without using powers or she just has to use some of her connections. And it seems like she has a lot to be able to get this dirt on this guy. So I like the fact that we're kind of really seeing how powerful and, you know, conniving she can be to get kind of things done. And so far it's seems like it's for the good. Uh, But yeah, there is this kind of line where I keep waiting for that reveal, keep waiting for that shoe to drop. And uh, they're they're doing a great job of kind of like keeping that hidden, but also giving us more information about this character. I'm going to get back to ship check because I realized there's a couple of other things we didn't talk about. Justin, first of all, I don't think you weighed in on Jordan and Marie. How are you feeling about that surprise kiss and where they end up at the end of the episode? Love the surprise kiss. I'm interested how the end of the episode, because we get that hard cut out of the fight into uh, Marie and Jordan in bed. Very curious what that was such a strange way to end the episode. I didn't see it coming. I don't know if that means Rufus is involved because they set that pattern uh, earlier on in the episode. It seems like not, but then it's a total just mystery, like surprise ending. So we don't know at all what that means. And the only other thing to say is it's uh, male Jordan, that kisses Marie and then she's in bed with female Jordan. So I think that's interesting and what that means. Uh, but in general, I felt like that tension was building between, between mm-hmm. the two of them over the course of the last episode and a half. So, and I, I like it. I like their, their relationship, just the way they talk to each other is really exciting. It's a very big rivalry based uh, sort of way they relate to each other. So I like them together as well. And the other one we didn't talk about at all is Andre and Kate, which continues to be a thing this episode. It wasn't like a one-off intercourse oopsie like they talked about in the last episode. Instead, this seems to be potentially some sort of ongoing thing. How do you feel about that as a relationship, particularly as Andre is really going through it this episode? He crushes his dad's statue head. He's getting high all the time. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, Andre's going through it, and we're still waiting to see what kind of person Andre is. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, suspicious. Good. Why are you so dubious of him? He's I, good. He, sometimes he rolls, uh, you know, he makes some great decisions, and other times you're like, dude, what are you up to? So, uh, uh, you know, we got to see the uh, the statue with the uh, junk open uh, kind of, uh, uh, so that was a open fun job. callback. The exploded uh, the ex- exploded of the statue. Uh, cock explosion. Oh, yeah, it's another cock explosion uh, mm, type of thing. I didn't even, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a fun Ronnie bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that, um, you know, he can, because it seems like she's into it. Um, and, um, but he, uh, you know, this guy, we don't know. I, I really like the way that she their relationship actually felt like the safest place for Andre in this episode. They it's the moment when he he shows up to at her door uh, high and stressed. 
And it seems like he, being with her and them being together actually calms him. I'm not sure exactly what Kate's deal with it is. And I thought it was interesting in the Tech Night interview where she was switched her major and was going to manage Golden Boy um, for her life. Like, I'm curious. We don't quite know all of what's happening with her. She's a little bit on the fringe. So I, mm-hmm. I want to hear more from her um, as we go forward. The other thing that came to light in this episode, I thought, was the fact that Andre is sort of Luke's Golden Boy's successor in in every way and he has like almost little brother energy in relation to him and then we have sam who is literally golden boy's little brother so that that to me puts them they're sort of occupying the same space and maybe on a collision course which mm. we saw a little bit in the fight at the end of the episode by the way that fight very good as usual so oh, good yeah. this friend is so impressed ah oh, it was great everybody in the kitchen particularly like Filming in a small enclosed space like that with an island in the middle, that's not easy, but that was a hardcore fight, well choreographed, that built to the moment of Emma growing big, forcing him down. Uh, and I know you just talked about it, Justin, but I really like that hard cut at the end because yeah, out of nowhere. Uh, my yeah. takeaway from it was, oh, maybe Dean Shetty came in and shut them down or something like that, but why... Jordan and Marie ended up in bed. I do not know. So interesting ending there. A couple of other little things that I wanted to call out. I loved, I think that was the first scene with Emma and Sam. Emma still tiny, jumps down, and she does the classic superhero jump pose, like yeah. the hands yeah. with fist thing. So I thought that was a fun thing. Uh, also, the hashtag that Tech Knight mentions is hashtag why did Golden Boy do it? That hashtag is too long. That is not a good wow. hashtag. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. That would not be trending. Tech well, I think that's part of the discovered. show is they have these sayings that aren't like the hero of Godolkin or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, it's too long. Sorry. It's too long." So yeah, yeah I think it's it, they're they're kind of playing with that bit a little bit, which I appreciate. I I think the use of the Missy Elliott song at the end was hysterical, mm-hmm. um, and I also like the way that they kind of like this guy's hosting the show called The Whole Truth. And mm-hmm. like the last time he says it, you're like, oh, wow, no, that's fucked up. So the, the fact that they kind of like didn't beat us over the head with it a little bit uh, was nice, was uh, smart. But I think we really tightly read an episode across the board and uh, well executed. This is one of my maybe my fave of this show so far. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. Oh, a quick Emma shout out line just because Pete didn't say it was when she walks in on Jordan Marie kissing and says, holy shit, a lot has happened. And then immediately goes into another topic. Very funny. That was very good. And uh, also like the sexy knot in a tree towards the end of the episode, the tech night uh, notices and the wasn't even really a post credit sequence, but to the Missy Elliott having sex with the air driver in the most awkward way possible. Very yeah. funny. Good stuff. Before we wrap up here, who was best boy in the episode? Justin, why don't we go to you first? Who was best boy here? I got to give it up to Emma. I feel like Emma really has emerged in these last couple episodes, especially this one, to just go from the person sort of the most lost amongst a group of characters who are all struggling in their own ways to really coming into her own by taking on this mission, meeting Sam, bonding with him, and now really taking charge and sort of black widowing him to his Hulk at the end of the episode. Mm, good call on that, particularly with the superhero pose, the Black Widow pose. Pete, what about you? Who is your best boy? I'm going to have to say Marie, um, just because I uh, really think that she's, 
I like what she's doing and how she's trying and kind of navigating this absolute minefield of madness. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for her. And I'm going to give it up to TV's Jason Ritter. I thought wow. he did a really good job <laughs> on that show. Nice. Would love to see more from him. And I really do actually hope we see more. It's a great running bit and yeah, uh, super fun. And if you'd like to support our podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about the boys in Gen V, Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X. Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, please stop exploding dim dicks near my ears. <laughs> uh, back when I was doing more Shakespeare acting, I would often audition with Caliban's Coxplosion monologue. Oh, oh smart. That's smart. a bad really one. Good. That's a bad one. What? Oh, you think so? Yeah. Is this my frame, by the way? Is this my frame?